What up, Long Beach? Welcome back to our podcast here at the562.org. I'm JJ, he's Mike, he's Tyler, and we hate saying we told you so. But for the last decade, we have done multiple stories about the referee situations in and around the CIF Southern section, not just about soccer, not just about football, not just about basketball, across the board about the way they're treated, the way they're paid, and the process of both. Well, the chickens are here and they're already roosting. We have soccer season here in the southern section coming around the corner right now, and it doesn't look like we're going to have referees. Think about that for a second. Obviously, we've got a lot to explain when it comes to that, but really, it's perspective, right? There's this perspective of the southern section. There's this perspective of the referees, of the coaches, and then obviously of the kids. And we're going to try to give all of those perspective a voice right now. Mike, I know you and I thought about this a long time ago. We were like, you know, th- th- this might this might be a problem. And then doing those stories at other uh, publications and then obviously at the 562.org right now has only brought people going, yeah, you're absolutely right. But it didn't seem like anybody was ready to do anything about it. And here we are at the end of the road. Yeah. And I think the way we're going to run this podcast is I'm going to just sort of give a shared, mutually agreed upon set of facts about what is leading to the situation we're going to get. And then I think all three of us, you know, we can have a good discussion. I think that as as JJ mentioned, you know, all three of us, this is one of those few stories all three of us have worked on over the course of our careers. We've all done stories about the ref situation JJ's right. Like we, he and I started talking about this. I mean, because officials were talking to us about it way back in the day. Yep. And I, I think the one thing that I would start with that I have not really seen in a lot of the reporting is before you get to what the current disagreement is about, you have to think about those stories that the three of us have worked on, which is the fundamental mover in this is how much harder it is to be a high school ref because of the behavior of parents and coaches, um, which has, because it's not a respected position, because they hear so much crap from everyone, because some referees have reported feeling that it's dangerous um, at some of these games, you have less people who are willing to do it um, and they want more money to do it because it's a harder job. And so that is sort of like movement number one. And if, if you're reading the stories that will be all over Southern California next week about this and you're wondering, what can I do to help? The number one thing you can do to help is to, if you're at a game and a friend of yours is talking to a youth baseball umpire or a high school football official and they're being crazy, tell them not to do it. These people are more or less volunteering their time. Um, And, you know, as we're about to find out with high school soccer, you don't want to try and have these contests without those people. So I think that that is sort of step number one. And I would just share my personal thing in this, which is in high school, you know, the way I made money other than writing was... I was a youth flag football and youth soccer referee, and I got paid by, I, you know, went and did it in the city of Lakewood. Um, they recruited high school kids to do it. It was like, hey, go through a training, you get paid for the training, we'll give you the gear, and then you get paid for every game. And, you know, you can make a good chunk of money if you know what you're doing and, and you're willing to work, you know, multiple games in a row in, in some of these sports at the lower levels. Um, I would not send my I would not send my son as 16 years old out to do that job right now because we've all seen it. I've seen it as my kids have grown up. You could be talking about a six year old flag football game in the city of Lakewood's Parks and Rec system, and some of the what, not all of them, not the majority of people, but every couple games or a parent at every game or whatever, are being so out of control towards officials that I, you know, for the money it pays, I would not send my teenage son out there to do the job that I was super comfortable doing, uh, you know, 30, you know, 25 years ago, something like that. So 
start there and then, you know, Tyler, make your point and then we'll get into kind of like what's going into this issue. Yeah, I just uh, I just quickly wanted to add on to that, Mike, because I think we've kind of, you know, people tend to take things for granted. They just assume that, well, there's always going to be referees or this is always going to exist. But at the end of the day, those are people, you know, and I think, you know, we talk about, you know, I think that's happened a lot with social media and with every game being on video and with like the strike zone and everything. And we can see how many calls actually do happen to get missed. But I don't think that tells you that refs are bad. I think it tells you that their job is very difficult. And so I think we're not really, um, you know, people just need that perspective reset. And some people got it during the pandemic where they're like, man, this could really be taken away at any moment. But other people have not uh, (laughs) grasped that sort of realization that like, if all of these people decide that it's not worth the money that they're getting, and let's be honest, it's really not that much, where does it all go? I mean, youth sports would really, sports in general would fall apart if there was no one to call balls and strikes, um, you know, pun intended. Um, and so where, where would we all be? And so they're an important part of the ecosystem that no one roots for. You know what I mean? Everyone roots for their team or their kid or their favorite coach or whatever it is, but no one's rooting for the officials but they are, in many ways, some of the most important people out there. So, um, yeah, that, that's just a perspective reset that I think we all need to try to get um, as we get into this topic. And, Mike, I know you want to kind of, you know, set the groundwork of, like, what the current struggle is. Obviously, I've said this before, and I will say this again. Thank an official. Next time you see one, thank them. Like Tyler just said, they are an integral cog to this whole thing. And second of all, pay attention to officials, right? Some of these officials make the games better. But people don't notice because they're not watching them. The only thing they notice is the bad things. It's like your aunt who comes over for Thanksgiving dinner and all she could talk about is the bad stuff that's happening in her life. It's like, let's not just talk about the bad stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff too. You know what I mean? Name the aunt, JJ. Name the aunt. Never. Dragger. (laughs) Um, And we need to do that better. We need to do that better as a sports community saying thank you to people for, for giving their time. Yes, they're getting paid, blah, 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 right? But like being appreciated from three guys who work in a city that does a great job appreciating them. Thank you, Long Beach. It, it goes it goes a long way. So now let's get into the fact that, let's be honest, Mike, it's about money. Yeah, so here's the rough timeline of events. And this actually has been brewing for the last three months. And um, and forgive me, I, you know. Longer uh, than that. Hold on, yeah, hold yeah, on. Yeah, Longer yeah. than yeah. that. I was getting, I was getting emails from uh, referee uh, signers from outside of the county telling us that this was coming yeah. multiple years ago. So... so uh, for this current sort of back and forth, and and you know I don't have exact dates. Uh, apologies for that. But we have uh, we have info from the CIF. We have info info from the refs assigner for Long Beach. We have talked to coaches, um, and I've talked to the more league secretary Lisa Ulmer. So I think we've got a nice complete picture. And what happened was that in I believe August, the CIF executive council passed their and this is their process for doing this, passed their rates for high school officials. They all voted. I think it was like 78 to 10. It was an overwhelming vote. Yes. The people who vote on proposals in the CIF are effectively a representative from each league. So the different leagues, and, and that is actually, I think people, when they say CIF, they think it's like the NFL, that there's a commissioner that can do whatever they want. That's not really the case. It, it's, it is a, a body made up to essentially count the votes of the different leagues that make it up is effectively what it is. Do they have power? Absolutely, they have power. Uh, But as they like to point out, most of these things come from their membership schools. And that's what happened. The membership schools pass a three-year agreement. This is what officials in the different sports are going to make for each of the next three years. This this agreement would go through 2025 that the uh, high school refs uh, for soccer do not, you know, feel they're being compensated for. So this is a big issue. 
Now, notably, there is this is not a um, the the movie producers and the uh, or, or what was it the studios and the writers guild or the screen actors guild. There's not like one guy at the CIF who can sit down with the high school soccer association and say, "All right, you want thirty dollars more? We'll give you twenty dollars more." That's not what it is. They put a proposal out in front of the membership leagues. The leagues voted for it. There is not an alternative process to sitting down and renegotiating that. Now, that has led to justifiably feelings in both directions of the soccer refs saying, well, hold on, we didn't sit down with you and agree to this number that people voted on. Why is this the proposal that's being put in front of us? We're more exposed than the officials in a lot of these sports. This is not like water polo where usually the fans are sort of separated. Football, the fans are separated. These fans are sitting right behind these officials. There's also, it's become one of the sports that is kind of the most unruly. It is also a sport that requires a really high level of technical expertise and with all due respect to volleyball officials, a very high level of fitness. And that is part of their argument is we're like, there's a base, the the, the way that the pay was made up or determined is there's sort of a base by our rate. And the soccer ref's point is we feel that, you know, they feel that they've got more expertise, that their job is more demanding. And given the uh, increased cost of living, the massively increased cost of gas, they want an additional $30 per game than what has been was voted on by the CIF. Their initial way to try and do that in September was to send messages out to leagues and say, this is what we want to make. And if you want us to ref your soccer games, this is what you're going to have to pay us. The CIF then put an announcement out and said, whoa, 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 whoa. In our blue book, which is essentially the rule book Bible for the CIF, uh, Southern Section, it says, we just passed it, this is how much money soccer refs make. What's crazy is, and people just don't always think about what they're saying, I've seen so many people in online forums and stuff saying, the school should just pay them more money. The school should just give them the number they're asking. Why don't we stop for a moment and think about the ramifications of that? If you're talking about a Cabrillo versus uh, Wilson soccer game, and Wilson's paying the soccer refs $30 more than Cabrillo's paying the soccer refs when it's at Cabrillo. What's the number one thing fans like to yell at officials? Oh, you're paying the refs off. Oh, they're, that team, the other team is paying you off. Well, obviously the solution to this is not that some schools pay the refs off. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, that opens up a huge can right. of worms. A huge so can I, of so worms. So I fully, yes. you know, look, I, I think we all understand everyone's different points in this to some extent, but I do 100% fully understand and agree with the CIF saying, no, we set a rate, everyone's going to make that rate. Uh, as a result, and I do also understand this, although we'll get into sort of the, you know, what, what it's going to mean. I understand seven of the 10 high school soccer refs associations in the Southern section, effectively the LA County uh, refs associations, including the Long Beach slash Whittier one, saying, well, we're going to go on strike. This is not the amount of money that we're willing to do this job for, um, and we're not going to do it. There are elements of it that feel like a traditional strike. The Orange County refs who are going to go and and ref games this year um, were approached, I know, by some of the Long Beach area schools, and they said, quote, we would not do that to our Long Beach brothers and sisters. We are not going to take our rate to go do the job that they're saying they want. So that's very much like a strike where you're seeing a support, um, and it is obviously a labor interruption. It's not 
like a traditional strike in many other regards, which you know maybe we can get into later. But what it's created is the situation that we have now. We're recording this on Tuesday, November 7th. You'll hear it sometime this week. Monday, November 13th, we have the start of the winter season in the CIF Southern section that includes boys and girls soccer. We have games from Long Beach schools scheduled for Monday, November 13th, that will be contested without CIF Southern section you know, organization with the, the Long Beach uh, High School Soccer Association, they will not be working on Monday, November 13th. So the CIF sent out guidance to the high schools saying, here's what you can do. You can have coaches officiate it. Assistant coaches can officiate the game. That was sort of option one. Number two is reschedule the contest. If you don't feel comfortable hosting the game without these refs, we understand that. You can't do it. That's what the CIF said. Number three, if you have contact information for qualified individuals in or outside of your area that are willing to work, you may contact them. That's effectively what Long Beach is doing. I know that there is a move towards getting AYSO refs, um, club soccer refs and coaches to come out and ref these games. I think we can all agree that there's sort of obvious issues with having assistant coaches um, officiating games. Um, you know, and, and I would add, if it comes to that, that's what it's going to come to because, as Tyler said, you've got to appreciate whoever is willing to help put these games on. And if that's who's available, that's who's available. But that is a situation that could arise. The fourth option was, um, you know, universities have Southern California Intramural Officials Association refs um, that are under the National Intramural Recreational Sports Association, that's NURSA, officiating charter. Long Beach State is one of those schools. The the intramural soccer leagues at Long Beach State. JJ, were you on an intramural soccer team at Long Beach State? Multiple. I've got the championship t-shirts to prove it. So the refs who ref those games are in their own association. And here's what's difficult. We know soccer refs. We know high school football. We know all these. We know a lot of refs in a lot of sports. There's a lot of them are in multiple associations. So you're going to the you're going to the nurse refs at Long Beach State and saying, "Will you go ref these guys' soccer games for the rate that they're not willing to work it for?" Well, some of that membership might be overlapping. <laughs> so it's that's how complex and challenging this is going to be. But the plan for the Long Beach schools, and it's going to be different for every league. It's going to be different for every school district. It's going to be different for every school. It's going to be different, possibly for each team between boys and girls soccer at the same school. What we're going to try and do in Long Beach, according to Lisa Omer, the Board League Secretary, is um, CJ Brewer, the Wilson Boys Soccer Coach, has helped to put together a pool list of those qualified people that I just mentioned. Um, you know, club soccer refs, uh, you know, maybe they approach the intramural refs, AYSO refs, etc. And that that pool will be who ends up, you know, refing the games. That's the plan right now. Um, how that works out, the execution of all that, again, like we're just going to have to get into this and see what shakes down. But And what Lisa said she acknowledged is this goes from being something that some high school media are talking about right now or have been since August and September to a week from today, it's going to be what everyone – it's going to be national news probably. Uh, you're going to be hearing about this all over the place because you're going to get into situations where schools are going, well, this – uh, ref who might know a coach on another team, which, I mean, look, we, we know how interconnected the soccer community is. Almost assuredly, these refs are going to know and be friends with people, and that's normal and, like, understandable. But if they throw your star player out, how are coaches going to respond to that? How are teams going to respond to that? Um, so that's the situation. How are writers going to write about it is also a question. A hundred percent. We've never 
ever discussed a ref by name or, uh, you know, something else. But we've also never had a coach go on the record, hey, this ref works for this other coach in this capacity or something. You know, I mean, it's just going to be really uncharted territory that um, it's not unprecedented if you go back to the early 1900s, why the CIF was founded was to certify the age of people at track meets. I mean, right, like this is the bare bones of high school sports is you need an objective, non-associated body to sort of, you know, uh, settle disputes, uh, adjudicate the rules, you know, uh, enforce the rules in in a certain game as well. So the situation we're now in is, like I said, it's six days before the high school soccer season starts. You're looking at games that will not have the normal high school refs going forward. And I would add, there seems no optimism from the CIF or the refs. There is not a process by which they can sit down and and talk about this. So the CIF's position is they're either going to ref the games at the rate that was voted on or they're not going to do it. Um, For the high school soccer refs, the position is then in any kind of a labor dispute, if the people who are handing out the money say it's our way or the highway – that's how you end up in the situation they are where they're, they're saying we're not going to go and do it for that rate. But at what point do they what – ch- what changes on their end? Gas isn't going to get cheaper. Parents aren't necessarily going to get more appreciative of the fact that people are out there working for near minimum wage, um, you know, 30 bucks an hour, 35 bucks an hour, something like that to do this very important job that, you know – um, that we need people to do in order to have high school soccer games. So it, it's effectively a stalemate. I think we've laid the situation out. And, you know, I would put as the North Star, I know for all three of us, I know for the high school soccer refs, I know for the high school soccer coaches, and I know for the CIF, everyone wants what's best for the student athletes. But everyone also has to make money. Everyone has to, I mean, it's the same thing for us, you know, like we cover high school sports because it's our job. Um, I love the kids that we cover and stuff, but if we didn't have money at the five, six, two, I would not be doing, certainly wouldn't be doing nearly as much of it as we are. Um, so I, I find myself and I'll just open it up to you guys after this. I find myself in a situation where I really sympathize with everybody. I think everyone has a point. Um, I don't think anyone's crazy or reckless or not caring about the kids in this situation, but it does feel like a. And, and I, under, I do, uh, by the way, I do understand the CIF's position of not establishing a precedent of ref saying, you know, no, we want more money or we're not going to do the games. Like, I understand where they're coming from as well of creating an extrajudicial process would obviously be um, inviting a lot of chaos, I think, onto their doorstep. So uh, I feel for everyone, but I feel most for the kids. And I think that's just where you just sort of go, I just hope someone's willing to do something that's not really fair to them for themselves in order to benefit the kids out. And I think that's kind of what I keep coming back to. And and uh, I don't know, but I'm curious for your guys' thoughts on, I don't necessarily think who's in the right, who's in the wrong, but just where do we go from here and what what should be prioritized in a world where someone's going to get something they don't want? No, I think, uh, well, obviously, you know, that's the reason that we play high school sports that's the reason it's there is for the kids you know it's not, believe me the coaches aren't getting rich uh coaching high school sports i mean i guess uh save for a few uh football coaches at uh, certain private schools but um you know i mean generally speaking it is there for the kids and so we have to feel for them first and foremost especially because this senior class endured the pandemic during their high school careers you know i mean they were freshmen um when everything shut down and then you know, they lost most of their their sophomore season as well. And so 
you know, they, they're getting, they're getting it on both ends, the, the soccer players. And so you really have to feel for them because they're, they're kids and they're sitting there saying, you know, there's all these problems in the world that they're just being told, well, you know, there's nothing we can do to resolve it. And you're just going to have to deal with the, the fallout and the consequences. You know, we see them, you know, asking adults to be like, Hey, we want things. We just want what has always been there in this case is to the ability to play high school soccer. And obviously the pandemic was outside of, you know, everyone's control, but they're just saying, figure this out. We, we want this for us. And then now it's the labor dispute. And as we've said, both sides are right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the, the referees have a reason to want more money as do the coaches, as do the athletic directors at these schools. They're, they're putting in hours of volunteer time because they're not getting paid for the amount of effort and time that it takes to run these programs, right? And we can all acknowledge that. We've talked about that for years. But ultimately, in this sort of dispute, which, you know, not quite fully a strike, but in, in essence, it's operating that way. Who's the victim here? It's a labor stoppage one yes. way or the other. Right? And so you're not hurting anyone's bottom line. The CIF isn't like, oh, this is going to be a, a hit to our – they're not there making money. They're there existing just to support the fact that high school sports are a thing. And so really the the person that's taking the haircut is the kids and they're suffering. And so you're saying, oh, we can find other refs, but without the structure, are you getting three? Are you getting a center ref and two ARs that make game-changing calls pretty much every time we go to a soccer match? An offside could absolutely change the results there. And so could change a league championship, could change playoff seating, could change everything. Yeah. Everything. (laughs) So it's, it's a, it's a very difficult situation and there's a lot of ins and outs with it, but uh, ultimately, yeah, you're you're right, Mike, we we always come back to the players and they don't really have a voice in this. There is no negotiating happening, but they certainly wouldn't have a seat at the table if there was. They also need to get protected from themselves. It's the uh, job of adults when taking care of children, protect the kids from the kids and themselves as well. Uh, Mike mentioned it earlier. Soccer has become one of the more heated uh, high school sports uh, around because there are no pads. You know what I mean? You got the shin guards or whatever, but like it's a contact sport. Football's a collision sport. Soccer's a contact sport. And, uh, and that stuff gets heated, right? The way those things get out of control is when the referee is not in charge. And I've definitely watched a lot of referees go over the line to stay in charge. And I've watched a lot of referees not do enough to stay in charge. Guess which one of those games had the fights in it? It was the one where the referee wasn't as in charge. Okay, so the safety of the kids, not just the ability to play the sport, the safety of the kids is also on the line here. And again, you guys mentioned it. There really isn't a place for the kids to uh, to, to voice that opinion. You know what I mean? We, as media members, kind of have to be that voice. But I feel like that voice needs to be ringing in the ears of the coaches and the referees and the CIF throughout this thing. And like, like Tyler said, like just saying we've never done it before or there's not really a process to handle this situation, therefore it's impossible. I got to tell you, I was raised by a group of adults who told me anything was possible if I believed in it. So... Why don't we figure out a new way to do these collective bargaining agreements, for lack of a better term, and, uh, and, and get these people in the same room together where the kids get to stand in front of them and say, hey, man, we get it. Gas is expensive and food is expensive for sure. But you're not refereeing high school uh, soccer games because that's the only job you have, right? There is no person out there who only does high school soccer games and then just goes home. These are secondary jobs for these people. So you have to make the job 
uh, good, right, from how you get treated to the hours you work to how much you get paid, make the job good and you will get good employees. That is a bottom line business and it's sports. The only thing more competitive than sports is competitive sports. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you use that, if you use that competitiveness to drive these conversations, I think we get a lot closer to what we're trying to get to where we're not talking about it. Because as I mentioned at the top of the show, we've been talking about this for a decade and clearly nobody was listening to the referees except us. Yeah. And the- and you know the the current agreement that they have in place for this pay structure is is through the end of the 2025 season so that is when the next sort of window would open up to revisit it so that's the CIF's viewpoint and and I can totally grant that point to say if we make agreements on this what's the point of doing the agreements if they can just be brought up and requestioned at any point you know so I completely understand that because if you make an exception here and you say, okay, we're going to change our normal operating procedures and, you know, ask the member schools to vote on this increase, then what's going to stop the baseball umpires from doing the exact same thing <laughs> in a couple, in a month or two and saying, okay, well now we want more money because X, Y, Z. So that that's a difficult, you know, bridge to kind of get over. Um, and so we, we discussed the, the plan for Long Beach specifically. We'll keep it local, how they were looking to find other options. And so for me, when I first heard that plan, my initial thought was, is this basically finding scabs, finding people that are working around the, the traditional you know, labor that's withholding their labor, so you're finding someone else. And I speak as someone, I'm I'm very pro-union. I'm currently on strike, actually. <laughs> you're, I was about to say, you're, cur- you're currently on strike. Yes, your union is as on a, strike. As a member yes. of the Screen Actors Guild um, for more than two decades. So I'm, I'm, I'm with it, believe me. But this isn't um, the same the same thing. It's a different. It's not a true, you know, where there, there was a sort of collectively bargained agreement, but it's similar, right? So how does that kind of fall into finding scabs, so to speak, quote unquote, for the technical term of different labor to ref these games? Well, think, think about it this way, right? If you're a referee right now doing high school soccer, you didn't get to vote in the same way that other unions would vote on a thing, right? Even though, like what Tyler's talking about, like somebody coming in and doing it without being a member of the, even if they were a member of the union, nobody asked them what they thought they should get paid. I think that's a very important point to make. Like the, some of these people are basically volunteers by uh, considering how much they get paid, right? It's like nobody asked them. So yeah, if somebody was like, hey, do you want to get paid more? Of course they said yes. Who wouldn't? Yeah, well, and I, th- I think that's sort of the, the, the middle ground here again where like I've, I sympathize very much with every side of this argument is from the ref's position – yeah, like I, I don't consider it to answer Tyler's question. I don't consider it sort of like scab labor just because this is because this is not anyone's primary job, right? But you would say it would be scab labor if one of those Orange County referees you mentioned came to Long Beach to ref a game I, because Long Beach was on. Stage. I don't think that it would be, but I could see how a Long Beach official would. I, I think, but but I think to to me, it's what you guys said, man. Like everyone working in high school sports is a volunteer who gets a stipend is effectively the way that I have always seen it. And so if officials from Orange County said, hey, this is really bad. We understand these guys' positions, but we don't want these potentially dangerous situations. We don't want games to be unofficiated. Like that's not what I would do if I were an official in Orange County. But I just I don't think there's a lot of scenarios that I would call scabbing just because, again, it's like it's more of a – um, it, it isn't someone's primary source of income, but, but to the officials side of the argument, it's, it's exactly what JJ said. The leagues who vote on the other component of this, I don't think everyone understands the CIF does not pay the officials. 
the leagues and the schools pay the officials. And so um, the leagues who voted on what they were going to pay for the officials, there was no negotiation. That's the people who are going to pay the officials saying this is what we want to pay the officials. And because we say that it's okay, that's the only number that it can be. You could see how if you're a high school soccer ref or a high school anything official, that would kind of bother you. <laughs> That's like going to the grocery store and telling them how much a dozen a day, a dozen of eggs cost. Right. And like, I would love it if that were the case, but you know, that's, <laughs> it, it typically doesn't. Yeah. Right. It typically doesn't work that way. Now the, the, um, the, the, the flip side of that is the schools have a legitimate claim to this being an expense on their part. And that's part of why the, the vote went so overwhelming the way it did. The LBUSD, I believe, spends between somewhere in the 40s or $50,000 on officials every year. You know, that, that's it's not nothing in the size of their budget. But if you're talking about your smaller private schools, even if you're talking about your smaller public school districts and even in the LBUSD, that money has to come from somewhere, you know. And in a world where the state is not increasing funding at the rate um, that you know, they could be, I, I don't know how to say that without sounding political. Um, trainers want more money. ADs want more money. Coaches want more money. We all agree that this is high school sports are super important, but it is not funded as though it is super important. And so I think that refs maybe see something like in the LBUSD, all of the trainers in Southern California said, we're not going to do this for a stipend. You have to hire people into full-time jobs. And guess what? It worked. Every LBUSD high school with sports has a full-time trainer. Of course, they see that and go, withholding labor is the only negotiating tactic we have. And to JJ's point, they don't have a time when they sit down to really bargain otherwise anyway. So how else would they sort of voice their desire to be compensated at a higher rate? It's how you phrased it, though. You said more money when in my brain, when we're talking about this, I'm saying cost of living adjustment. Right. And I would add, by the way, that there is something to that. Like the state of California, give, they call it a COLA. And I know this because the education report, COLA is the cost of living adjustment. They set the number every year. This is how much the cost of living went up. So there are positions and there are, are funding models for schools and other you know public state funded uh, entities where the number- Yeah, the, they're working on the same campus that the game is being held on. No, yes. No, that's that's 100%. That's, a, that's exactly what I'm saying. But similarly with coaches' stipends, because they're stipends, they're not tied to a COLA, so they don't get the automatic adjustment. So like substitute teachers in Long Beach uh, during the pandemic got a huge pay increase. Now, did they fight for that increase? They did not fight for that increase. What happened was everyone stopped taking jobs because they weren't paying enough money, and the LBUSD responded by going, I guess we better pay these people more money. They raised their rate to a competitive rate with the other districts. All of a sudden, they have enough subs again, right? This is normal economic interplay. It's just that instead of the stakes being, can an employee make enough money to live off of, which is not, as we discussed, I mean, I'm sure there's people for whom their officiating money is like a good chunk of their income, but that's not really what this is about. What it's really about is, can we afford as a state and as a section and as a league and as a school district, can we afford to have high school sports or not? And if you can't find referees to do it at the rate that you've set, then you're basically saying we can't afford to have them. And that is what sort of, that's the deeper troubling issue for me because people will cut sports. People will, like these things happen. The last time the LBUSD had a big budget crunch, one of the potential casualties was the Moore League. You know, that was uh, that was uh, that was on the table. The middle school sports program was going to be cut in the LBUSD in 2008 had the Century Club not stepped in with 
a big donation to keep that program going, you know? So to me, it's included in the CIF thing, you know, message to the school is talk to your risk assessment departments like that. This stuff's going to come into play and God forbid, you know, obviously not rooting for this to happen, but like God forbid something in that first week or two happens where, yeah, like there's a, a an incident between two players and you don't have a truly qualified person there to handle that in the correct way. What are school, what are public school districts risk people going to come back to them and tell them? You know, like all of that is on the table. Um, and I do think that's I, like, I love what you said, JJ. It's got to like, it's about the kids and it does. It just, I, I, it sits, I agree with the officials. I agree with the CIF. It sits very poorly with me to just turn to the high school kids and say, no one can do anything about it. Especially this group that lost that first year to COVID and has seen so much and excuse my French, but they've seen some shit and they've seen so. some shit and they have been protesting saying, you know, we've covered student-led protest movements about climate change, student-led protest movements about gun reform. And look, man, I understand you got to tell us, I'm going to have to tell it to my kids in a couple of years as they become more politically conscious. There's shit in the world that there's nothing any of us can do about. Right. But high school soccer- There's nothing sacred. Yeah. You know, we got to be able to- <laughs> Like, we got to be able to do high school soccer, right? Like, we've got to be able to get people in a room- and figure this out. And what I sense, I'll say this, having talked to people in different parts of this equation, nobody wants this. The officials do not want it. The coaches do not want it. The players and administrators and the CIF do not want it. CIF certainly doesn't want it. Right, so there has to be some off-ramp that can be given here, that it's a, you know, some sort of a concession given to the officials, something, even if it's truly Let's have every school sign a pledge about treating officials better, right? Like whatever it is, there has to be something that doesn't result in two years of there not being the normal high school soccer refs at high school soccer games. No, it's it's us. We're, we're going to – this is actually a podcast announcing that we're turning into a three-man ref crew. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> since Tyler's the youngest of us, he's going to be center. So Tyler oh, <laughs> gets, a, gets a run-in. Really bad decision. <laughs> gets, gets, a, gets a run-in. Uh, to be honest with you, the only thing I want to see is Mike in those shorts with the pull-up socks, the tube socks. Let's go. I'm just a big flag guy. As long as you give me the flag, I'm, I'm on board, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I, it would be nice to have everyone call me sir, though. I guess I would enjoy that a little bit. Sir, sir. But the problem is, I won't listen. I won't think they're talking to me because I'm like, no one calls me that. So where's my, where's my, yeah, where, where are my parents? Are they right. I'll respond to Tyler on? and Young Doug. That's it. Um, so I, I, I did want to just kind of circle back a little bit. It was a point that we kind of made earlier, but I really do want to hammer it home because you know normally when there's a withholding of labor, like someone's feeling the pain. You know, like in the current strike of the Screen Actors Guild, right, of SAG-AFTRA, like it's the studios that are feeling, they're not able to put out projects. They're, you know, all the work has stopped. So they have all these massive studios and they're not putting anything out. So they're the ones feeling the financial strain. The only victim here (laughs) are the players. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the schools will feel bad that their players aren't able to compete for them. But ultimately that's who's suffering is the families. And so that's why we're, you know, so adamant of like, hey, we got to find some sort of solution here because we see both sides of it. It's just this is a unique thing in which if a grocery store workers are striking, 
it hurts the business of Vons or Ralphs and these massive corporations. You know what I mean? Whereas this is taking once-in-a-lifetime opportunities away from miners who have no say in the situation. So that's why this one really hurts. So, um, you know, and that's why we wanted to bring it up because we know we're kind of the voice of, you know, talking to the athletes a lot more than maybe the, the referees or the assigners at CIF or whatever. And, and we want to make sure that we can show all perspectives in this topic um, because it is going to take over the news um, here in about a week. So brace yourselves, everyone, and we'll do our best to report it as we go. Mike, you mentioned it for a second, and you're right, but you're wrong. You said there's going to be a time in which you have to explain to your kids that some things there's just not shit you can do about. I disagree. There's always something you can do. Whether or not it works, that's a different thing. So what can we do? Long Beach, the local area, soccer fans everywhere who is listening to this. Give us your ideas. This is how good things happen. It starts with an idea. Somebody says that's a good idea, and then it gets executed. We may have not figured out the solution. The solution may be out there. The only way we're going to find it is by talking about it, and that's what we do with the562.org and at this podcast. So please get at us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Let's start the discussion so we can fix this. Thank you, Long Beach. We will definitely see you in the stands.